Welcome back to Dantescomedy.com and our Purgatory series. So in this episode, we're going to start talking about the terraces and the first terrace after we've now gone through the gate of the Purgatory. So the terraces are kind of the structured after the after the vices of the seven cardinal sins in the Catholic faith. So they have pride, envy, wrath, sloth, avarice, gluttony, and lust. And then you have pride at the bottom as the the most serious one or kind of the, the root of the other vices and it's very much focused on the intellectual pride in the way that Dante is describing this like the intellectual superbia often just meaning that uh, like overestimating or this kind of hubris arrogance that what is in your own intellect is what is everything and then dismissing that there's something beyond your capabilities or beyond the boundaries and limitation of reason. This is especially something that Dante is very concerned about. And he also says that this is his personal biggest challenge, is the pride. He points out he has three, like pride and wrath and lust are his three vices, but pride is the biggest one. So you're going to see here, so what happens in chapter 10 to 12 is that they come like they, they're through the gate, they go through a little opening in the cleft again and they're out on a ledge on the mountain and they're walking. It's about three, three people can lie across. There's about six meters. And then they will first see carved in white marble some beautiful carvings, engravings of examples of humility. And then they will talk to some souls and then you will see carved at the ground examples and many, many more examples of the vice and sin of pride. We're just going to briefly look at the first example and how he's describing this. So there's a bit of a, there's a, there's a deep connection here to something that happens in Exodus. This is always kind of in parallel to the whole Mount Purgatory. It's how Dante is connecting the story of Exodus to the Purgatory, like both the journeys in both of them. So what he's saying as they start to walk, like the pilgrim and Virgil, is that I realized that all the inner cliff which rising sheer offered no means to climb was pure white marble on its flawless face were carvings that would surely put to shame not only Polyclete, but nature too. The angel who came down to announce on earth the peace longed for by weeping centuries, which broke the ancient ban and opened heaven, appeared before our eyes. So this is the scene of Gabriel, the Annunciation with Virgin Mary, that he is now seeing carved in the marble. Uh, Polyclete is a was seen as one of the biggest Greek artists in the ancient ancient uh, Greece, but there's also something here that the beauty of this is surpassing nature. So there is some way of looking at this as the way that Moses is getting for the old biblical stories. He's receiving the pattern of the tabernacle while he's up on the mountain, meaning like the abstract spiritual truth of structure and patterns that forms the tabernacle. And then he builds a material version and is told to go down and build a kind of a material copy of that spiritual structure. There's something about the beauty that is being described here that is beyond the physical, beyond what's possible, both by 
human artists and also by what nature can do. So it goes beyond that. So that is the first example of humility, which is the virtue that will offset pride. And it's also then on every terrace, Virgin Mary is the example of the virtue that will offset the vice. So this is the first one. Then you have three of those. And then they start talking with the souls. And then a bit later, we will come to this. Uh, towards the end of the terrace, you have a, a little hint here of, of Dante as a person, also admitting his, his vice when he says, like oxen keeping step beneath their yoke, we moved along that burden soul and I, as long as my kind teacher would allow. So Dante is like the pilgrim is participating in this atonement, just being with the souls and alluding several times so that this is also something that he is has to work with. So he said when Virgil is calling him out, the pilgrim is saying, I stood up straight to walk the way a person should, but though my body was erect, my thoughts were bowed and shrunken to humility. So there's something about the learning here, which is helpful and a good thing to reduce pride, which is a very destructive and damaging vice for, for everybody else, but also for oneself, which is a, one of the deeper points here, that it is um, kind of it's a mistake, it's missing the mark, and it's something that would be, that it is helpful just for your own process as well, both on the journey towards salvation, but also practically as a improvement of your own life while you're in the earthly life to to understand the world better and to just be more uh, adapting a behavior that is more constructive and helpful for yourself and for people around you and especially long term and then after they've been through both the examples of humility talking with the souls and then seeing the examples of pride which is kind of littered everywhere in both the, the Jewish and the Greek traditions, then you get the angel, which is in some sense meaning that they have learned and the pilgrim has learned something deep through these three chapters, which has changed him in the deep and that causes a change. So when the angel is coming, he will get the, this one first of the piece on his forehead removed. So he's saying here first when they see the angel, Still closer to us, clothed in white, he came, the radiantly fair creature, and his face was shining like a trembling star at dawn. So the first one, he can't look at the face at all, and this one is described a little bit that his face is, the way you can see a shimmering starlight in the night sky, this is kind of the impression he gets from the face of the angel. He spreads his arms out wide and then his wings, he said, Come now, the steps are very close. Henceforth, the climbing will be easier. And this is the same thing that Virgil said earlier, that this is the nature of the mountain of purgatory, that it will, like a normal mountain is steeper usually, the higher you get, it goes more straight up. Mount purgatory is different. It's, it's more straight up in the beginning and then it gets easier and easier for every, every terrace that you climb and ascend. And it's also because you get more, you get used to the climb and the, the first terraces are the hardest one to understand deeply and also to change. So after they get 
the piece removed from the forehead the pilgrim is describing. As we were climbing up the sacred steps, I seemed to feel myself much lighter now than I had been before on level ground. Master, I said, tell me, what heavy thing has been removed from me? I feel as if to keep on climbing would be effortless. He answered, on the peace that still remain, though they have almost faded, on your brow shall be erased completely like the first, then will your feet be light with good desire. And it's also alluding here to that the peace that still remained, but they have almost faded, is that already just getting through the first terrace of pride and intellectual pride, then all the other ones are like the the scar of them or the, the challenge with them will be easier to, to work and to heal metaphorically off his forehead. So that is in very short strokes kind of the whole, the, the theme of the first terrace with the pride and then the humility to offset this. And um, it's also uh, in, in this more like anagogical sense about like the, the, the ascent up like towards the divine, there is something about starting to acknowledge that there is something like the mystery, the transcendent, as that which is also uh, a way of offsetting the pride in itself. If everything beyond the rationality is dismissed, it's, very, uh, it's much more easy to be caught within the boundaries of the rationality and then develop a sense of intellectual pride. But if gradually a humility towards kind of our own limitations and that which lies beyond, like a mystery or a transcendent or something spiritual, then you will have more like a natural balance of humility. And also then having, as sometimes it's helpful to think that it's a, the humility is still being a confident and strong person but just acknowledging the limitations of rationality and your intellect. So um, that's all for this one. It also ends on a nice note because the pilgrim is kind of uh, touching his forehead and a bit confused that there's only six letters there now. And then it says, observing this, my master smiled at me. So now we're getting a big smile from Virgil. And that means like now we are gradually getting a, a more easy climb, a lighter journey and ascent up the mountain. So that's all we're going to say for this one. It's a really fundamental one and it's something to ponder and just try to think this through and try to see examples of it and gradually understand, especially this kind of balancing with something, something uh, that you have some concept of what lies beyond reason. Because if not, again, it's harder to have a an authentic sense of humility okay so we're gonna stop this one here uh hope some of this was interesting some food for thought and uh, as always thank you so much for listening and as always also just send us an email at hello at dantescomedy.com if you have any questions or any thoughts or just want to have a discussion about some of these topics we will read everything and also try to answer to everything and um, with that just thank you again and we'll see you again next time <laughs>